I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Are you ready for some scalding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Mizutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome to Inside Purple and Gold. Chase Frederick, Dane Mizutani here on Odyssey's Vikings podcast talking about Minnesota's collapse, no-show. I don't know what you want to call it, Dane, but they were absolutely destroyed um, in, in many facets, but particularly offensively. Um, in their 24 to 7 loss to Philadelphia on Monday night. This was, I thought, we talked about a statement opportunity coming into Philadelphia tonight to really prove something. And um, I think they did. Um, I think that it's it looks a lot more like the Vikings of old than, than the Vikings of new that maybe we thought we saw a week ago. Yeah. Uh, no show, it probably isn't, doesn't even do this thing justice. It was, it was abysmal. And, it could have been way, way, way worse. Philly partially took their foot off the gas in the second half, partially just played terribly. Committed they turnovers, tried, penalties. Tried their best. Tried, tried their best to let Minnesota back into this game. And and Minnesota refused every at every single turn to, to grab any sort of momentum and, and use it in a positive way. Uh, you're right. This feels a lot like last year. It felt like a, a lot like last year in the first half. And, and just looking at everything, um, you know, from from that point on, uh, I don't know how you can walk away from this game feeling good. As I was watching it, you know, we talked after that Green Bay game. We're like, OK, yeah, Minnesota did a lot of things well, but let's not forget that Green Bay was missing two of their starting linemen, that, you know, Green Bay is adjusting to a new wide receiver core, that Green Bay, frankly, has had a lot of coverage blown coverages uh, throughout that game that led to open receivers. And we try to chalk some of it up to scheme, but you also know that's maybe a first first game with the secondary really struggling. Like Green Bay kicked itself a lot um, and was not a perfect opponent last week, and the Vikings took advantage. Philly, we mentioned in a lot of ways, is a lot better. Um, and and Philly did a lot of good, and Minnesota just didn't have anything to stand up to any of it. Um, and whether that was Jalen Hurts ripping them apart in every single way in the first half, or I think most notably, my biggest takeaway was just how bad this Vikings offense was um, in every respect. Couldn't establish the run. Didn't necessarily try to too much, but no success when it was there. Uh, Justin Jefferson was beat by Darius Slay, like head to head. That was he was just. I've never seen Justin Jefferson in about two seasons now get just outplayed by his corner uh, more so than tonight. Like we wanted Jair Alexander versus Justin Jefferson last week, we didn't get it. Green Bay didn't scheme it up that way. Philly said, "Okay, here's Darius Slay and Justin Jefferson," and Darius Slay took Justin Jefferson to task. Um, possession after possession so it's something for him to look at and Kirk Cousins is the biggest storyline of the night he was horrific I mean he was horrific in the way that everybody who talks bad about Kirk Cousins points to performances like this and rightfully so like he crumbled in every possible way uh the the heat got turned up and he folded like a lawn chair time and time again um you can pick every single time even when the defense even the special teams are making plays to set the Vikings up Kirk Cousins yet again would go out there and just crumble to nothing um that was there was no leadership. There was no calm. There was no like, hey, let's let's figure this out. We can get something going. There's, I don't see what anything teammates would see right there out of the quarterback in that second half and believe that any charge is coming. Um, he just he just shrunk. He shriveled. It was nothing. Uh, he was that was Kirk Cousins at his very worst, and we've seen Kirk Cousins at his very worst in big moments far too often in his time here in Minnesota. Yeah, we talk a lot about the the record in prime time, uh, and we talk about it because 
he sucks in primetime. And and he sucked again in primetime tonight. 27 to 46 for 221, one touchdown, three picks. Actually, the only thing that would have made this primetime Kirk Cousins game more primetime is if he got in the end zone late and made it 24-14 instead of 24-7. If if as bad as he played, the Vikings only lost by 10. And and man, he, he had two touchdowns and, and 230 yards and looks like he kept the Vikings in it. But don't be fooled. And and maybe we should look ourselves in the mirror too. And and were we fooled? Like this guy is who he is. He is who he is at this point in his career, just because he had a good game against green Bay, who for some reason last week refused to let Jair Alexander follow Justin Jefferson around the field. I don't want to say I thought Kirk cousins was fixed, but I thought maybe under this new regime, maybe they'll be able to figure, figure out a way to get the most of him. And, And then he goes out and lays an egg like tonight. Jace, the three picks were egregious. Like you look at this this game, and we can, we can get into like the nitty gritty of the first half later. We have a lot to say about the defense. Questionable decision at the end of the first half by Kevin O'Connell. We'll talk a little bit about that. But coming out of the gates at, at halftime, it's it's twenty four to seven, and and you have a chance. And they march right down the field on the first drive of of, of the second half. Get all the way down there. He throws a picket from the Philadelphia 19. Okay. Well, that, that wasn't great, but let's talk about that. Down... Let's talk about that. Pick. Okay. Let's go there first. Yeah. Cause, cause Joe Buck had a lot to say about that or Aikman. Aikman, Aikman had right, a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because so we see, we see the play and you certainly see it like Justin Jefferson. It's like a, it's a deep in Justin Jefferson's supposed to come across Darius Slay's face and, and Kirk Cousins throws the in route there. And Justin Jefferson said, kind of like broke it off, made it more of a post went behind Slay. Um, and so the ball is, where the route is supposed to go is where Kirk Cousins puts it. Um, it's an interception for Darius Slay. All the conversation is that's on Justin Jefferson. And no doubt, Justin Jefferson did not do the right thing there. You know, you're supposed to make that cut, come across Slay's face, and be there. Um, but nobody can tell me that that was a good decision because Darius Slay was all sitting on that route. He literally like broke the route for Justin Jefferson. That's why Justin Jefferson broke off the route, which is not what he should have done there. But either way, Darius Slay was on that ball. Um, and people looking at it like that's a touchdown if Justin Jefferson does the right thing. No, it's not. It still might be an interception. At best, that's going to be an incomplete pass. Um, I'm all for giving your best players a shot, but that was not a good decision of where to go with that ball in that play. So like, I'm not giving Kirk Cousins a total out there because it maybe it shouldn't have been a pick, but that was not a good place to put the ball on that play there's no way Darius Slay was sitting on that ball you're you're 100 right and and that kind of leads into what I'll talk about on all these all his interceptions but the thing with Kirk Cousins throughout his career it's what's made him so unlikable I think is that he's so robotic it's always well that's where my reads are taking me I'm just trusting my reads here and and what he saw was that this is supposed to be an in and I'm gonna throw the in that's what he that's what went through his head. I can guarantee you that's that's what was going through his head as he unleashed this ball. Like I said no to this option, no to this option, and this is the the last option. I said yes to this option and and Justin's supposed to be there. We gotta look. Like you're not wrong, Jace. Like does Justin Jefferson pull up a little bit on that route and maybe sit into in the back of the end zone because he sees Darius Slays breaking up on it? Yeah. If Kirk Cousins takes a one more second and the pocket was collapsing around him. So we'll give him that. But Justin Jefferson's wide open. And then there's nothing but green grass on the left side of the end zone. It's okay to kind of ad lib there to, 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 to slide right buy a little bit of time, realize Slay has continued to take the end and Justin Jefferson's wide open in the back of the end zone. So while Justin Jefferson definitely deserves some fault for that, that interception. You can't put it all on him because Kirk threw the ball. He threw the ball right to Darius Slay. He threw the ball right to where Darius Slay was going to be, whether Justin Jefferson crossed his face or not. Like you said, it was an interception, and at best, it would have been an incompletion. Which but, leads us to the next interception, yeah, right? Go ahead. Yeah. So the, Philadelphia gets the ball back after the, the first drive of the second half. They march right down the field. Look like they're about to to basically put the game away, right? 20, 24-7 at that point, lining up for a field goal. And the Vikings block it. They block the field goal. And Chris Boyd somehow gets caught by a punter. I have, I have no idea. I think me and you may, might have been able to outrace that punter in the open field. 
credit to both yeah. of them, both of the specialists for Philly, like both of them were fast. Um, they, they were both like legitimately running. Uh, Jake Elliott almost made the tackle and then, and then the punter slash holder comes through with the tackle. Like good hustle. Were, were, were they fast or, 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 or was, is Chris Boyd just maybe slow? I can't be because that slow. I, then, then honestly, Jake Elliott and, and I don't know the punter's name for, for the Philadelphia Eagles, but let's put, let's, let's put, let's run a race because they might have four, six speed in, in the 40 yard dash, the way they ran down Chris Boyd in the open field. If, if Chris Boyd just picks up that ball, like, like he should and, and, and houses it like it's 24 to 14, it's a brand new game. And instead he doesn't. Right. Let's, okay. But see, at that point, everybody who's watching that sees how detrimental that is um, that he doesn't score because you just knew the Vikings weren't going to score there. Like that's how poorly the offense was playing was it was like, well, didn't score. That's that. Um, yeah, that's that was that was it. <laughs> it's it's the classic. Every hustle play is rewarded. And like but as a as a Vikings fan from a Minnesota perspective, you just knew like, oh, man, this hustle play is about to be rewarded because like you said, the Vikings had absolutely nothing at that point. And three plays later, Kirk Cousins throws his second interception of the game. Chris Boyd gets caught right after that. He gets caught at the 30-yard line. So you're thinking, and maybe the Vikings will at least get a field goal here. Greg Joseph's automatic. They run Dalvin Cook for three yards. Second and seven, pass incomplete to Dalvin Cook, which the Vikings got away with an offensive pass interference, and Justin Jefferson was wide open down the right side of the, the side of the field when, when Kirk cousins opted to throw Dalvin cook on the screen. And then on the very next play, he, he compounds that mistake of missing Jefferson wide open and thinks he sees cover too. the, the, the cornerback of Maddox plays it really well, kind of baits him into the throw. Kirk goes for Adam Thielen kind of on a corner route and Avante Maddox picks it off. I think right then and there, you knew the game was completely over. Like, no matter how much Philadelphia wanted to try to let the Vikings back into this game, they just would not take it. And and you saw it right there. Um, we didn't even need the fourth quarter to, to know that that game was over. Uh, just a quick, so it was Aaron Sipos was the punter for the Eagles who makes the tackle. Um, you saying that right? I don't know if that's how you say his last name. That's how I'm <laughs> pronouncing it. S-I-P-O-S-S. Uh, his 40 time at the combine was 5.09 seconds. So not fast. Jake okay. Elliott's was 4.79 seconds. So mm. a little faster. Um, not super fast, but I think Elliott slows down Boyd and Sipos comes in and cleans up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, some good hustle by those guys. But I'm with you. The pick, I mean, like, literally like Aikman was describing and he's like, Jefferson's supposed to be your first read there on the touchdown, like what should have been a touchdown. And said Kirk defers and goes down to Cook. I thought all night. Um, Kirk Cousins just went to the check down almost instinctually. And yeah, Philly brought a lot of pressure, but it just, it just really turned to seem to kind of turn Kirk Cousins into, okay, how do I get rid of this ball? Um, and it's often Irv Smith, you know, in the flats or it's Devin Cook or Alexander Madison in the flats. Like that's it. Like there was no progression. It was often just going to those guys and, you know, taking the dump off for two yards in the first half we saw like, okay, it's third and five. Oh, Irv Smith is being blanketed. By like James Bradbury, like a, a, a really solid corner. It's not, it's a terrible mismatch for the Vikings. Irv Smith is just covered like a book. Um, he is not running a deep enough route for a first down, and that's where Kirk Cousins goes. Um, so a lot of that, and we see that all the time from Kirk Cousins, and it's the biggest head scratcher ever. But uh, another time where he just like he went to the easy check down route, he didn't even stick with what the first read was, which would have been a touchdown, and then he throws the pick the next play. So more terrible quarterback play. Yeah, and it's it goes back to this, this training camp anecdote that I can't get out of my head. And I think I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast. Kirk cousins talked about in OTAs when he first got up with, with Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips, there was a particular play and he remembers it in OTAs and he told the story in training camp, but back in OTAs, Kirk cousins was going through his progression on, on whatever route it was, whatever concept it was. And he, he said, I said no to the first route, no to the second route, no to the third route. And finally got, to my fourth route, the check down and said, yes. And, and Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips, as the story goes, pulled Kirk cousins aside and says, you never say no to that, that whatever read it was, don't get to the check down, throw it, give your guy a chance. And Kirk cousins talked about this in, in training camp at the beginning of training camp. And he said, I'm just trying to figure out how they want me to play the position. You know, like they, 
I'm trying my best to figure out what they want me to do. And then I'm going to go out and execute it as best I can. And then you hear him before the, the season opener against Green Bay, and, and you start to hear how maybe things aren't haven't changed. Because he he before the season opener, I know he was great in that game, but he said, no, I'm just going to play the quarterback position the way I've always played it. And it didn't come back to bite him against Green Bay, but man, it, it sure came back to bite him against Philly because he played the quarterback position like he's always played it. It's He's trusting his reads, even if his reads are wrong. And, and he saw that on, on every single interception tonight. And moreover, like you look at him and the primetime game, I think this is why we talk so much about it because it's just revved up. Everyone's watching. He struggled in these moments. But he gets rattled, too, and he was rattled tonight, and he was rattled all night long, especially in the second half when things weren't going the Vikings' offense way. Like you like you mentioned in, in the opening, you know, the intro to this podcast, Kirk Cousins brought no calm. He played the quarterback position the way he's always played it, badly when things get bad. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back to that. I want to touch more on that exact point. Um, Inside Purple and Gold, be right back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, back for segment two of Inside Purple and Gold, recapping Minnesota's abysmal showing in a 24-7 loss to Philadelphia on Monday Night Football, national TV audience. Any excitement for the Vikings probably dwindled in a massive way. Um, yes, this is a good Philadelphia team, but um, you know, I'm, Minnesota was flat-out embarrassed in just about every phase. Dane, right before the break, you are talking about how Kirk Cousins' primetime just kind of, frankly, like – Whittles down to nothing. Um, he just holds like a lawn chair. Um, and he's done that time and time again. And it always was kind of a narrative. And I do remember looking earlier today on Twitter and some people had talked about because the, the Kirk primetime narrative came up and it, and it was brought up like, oh, Kirk Cousins won his last two primetime starts just last year. And I was, thought to myself, I was like, I actually remember that um, a couple of wins in primetime. So I'll look back and see what he did in those games. Uh, the Monday night game. December 20th against Chicago, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota wins 17 to nine, 12 for 24 for 87 yards, <laughs> two touchdowns, one interception takes four sacks, total QBR for ESPN rate out of hundred of 23, uh, Thursday night football against Philadelphia, the game prior to the Monday night game, uh, excuse me, Pittsburgh, uh, Minnesota wins 36 to 28, Kirk Cousins, 14 for 31, 216 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, ESPN QBR out of 132.4. So not exactly awe-inspiring numbers. Um, I don't think that does anything to squash any narrative. And this only just like boosts it back up. Um, it it really is like, uh, oh, the lights were pretty bright. Um, so Kirk Cousins said, geez, get that light out of my face. I can't see. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's crazy. Tough. Like you just perpetuate this narrative, but like it's, it's not, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. We're not like, making this up the only reason it comes up is because he proves it right time and time again it's, it's crazy you're right like when the lights get bright he goes away it's it's like you see this with quarterbacks um kyler murray yesterday arizona was terrible against vegas and arizona was terrible in the game prior to that they had nothing going for them they were clearly on their way to zero and two and then in the fourth quarter, Kyler Murray just starts pulling plays out of nowhere, like left and right. It's just like this play is dead. Kyler Murray runs around for 80 yards, side to side, 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 and then gets a six-yard run to get into the end zone or two-point conversion. Makes just insane tight window throws um, every time they need it. Uh, and and Arizona pulls on a miracle win in overtime. And it's all sparked by the quarterback just making plays. And 
I know Kirk Cousins isn't going to run for, run around for 80 yards, but you can still make something happen. Uh, you can pull something out when your team needs it. This was so the opposite of that. Uh, this was the defense making a big play when they needed to. This was special teams making a big play when they needed to, to be like, hey, go ahead, Kirk. Like, go ahead. We're trying to bring us back in this. And Kirk Cousins going, no, thank you. I want no part of this game. I want to get off this field. Um, you, re- you recap the other interceptions. Let's get to the last one. Um, no. Go, you can go ahead and break this down. What should have been two interceptions, um, but only one because the first one was mercifully dropped. Sure. First, I'll say the, the Vikings had four trips inside the Philadelphia 30 in the second half. Four. They were yeah. inside the 30-yard line four times. They scored zero points. None. And, and and largely because of Kirk Cousins and his just inept play at the quarterback position. We mentioned the first two interceptions. The last one was the most Kirk Cousins of them all to me. Like, it, eh, they were all pretty bad, Jace. I don't know. but I have a special gripe with this one. But, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so the game is over. It's 24-7 to 7 at that point. And the Eagles refuse to just put it away. Jalen Hurts throws an interception to Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks, I, I, he gave his best effort to score to get in the end zone. He actually like stopped on the sideline. I think he looked to cut back all the way across the field, probably because deep down he knew, I need to get in the end zone right now, or this might not be points. So he, he gets tackled at the nine. The next three plays. Kirk Cousins' incomplete short middle to to Adam Thielen just wasn't a very good throw. Um, it was blanketed coverage. Uh, I think Avante Maddox came up, and uh, it, it was it, the throw probably shouldn't have been made. Get to your next read. The next play, second and nine from the nine. Incomplete to Justin Jefferson in the end zone. Uh, the Phillies sent the blitz from the right. Kirk Cousins probably has to see that blitz and check into something hot. He had three receivers split right. The blitz is coming from the right. I tell you what, Tom Brady sees that blitz. Tell you what, Aaron Rodgers sees that blitz. Tell you what, Jalen Hurts probably sees that blitz. It it was coming. It was coming. He doesn't check into it. None of his receivers from the right even look at the ball because there's no check. They just run their routes. Kirk Cousins feels pressure from the backside right and just throws just a duck to the end zone that Darius Slay should have caught, but Justin Jefferson played tremendous cornerback you know, Justin Jefferson was basically playing cornerback a lot of the game tonight too. Um, so much as we, we can talk about how he wasn't spectacular, he had a couple of really nice pass breakups. I will say uh, this was kind of a breakup, but Slay also dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it actually, Justin almost actually caught that one, um, which would have been the most Kirk Cousins way to, to throw a touchdown by throwing interception, having he, he says he's the best receiver in the game. That took some hits tonight. Um, come up with a play anyway. Third and goal from the nine after what should have been an interception. Darius Slay actually, it looked like he hurt his leg or his knee or his ankle or something on the play, his foot. He's he's hobbling around. He's limping around before the snap. Philly's actually trying to take him out of the game. He waves off the corner, probably because he knows he's at the nine and Justin's not gonna Justin Jefferson's not gonna get behind him at all because there's a goal, an end line there. Also, probably because he knows, like, damn, I should have had an interception, and I think I could get another one right here. Well, sure enough, Kirk Cousins throws the ball. Just another duck to the end zone. Darius Slay intercepts this one. Justin Jefferson makes a pretty good tackle. Um, Darius Slay actually need on it, but Justin Jefferson tackled him anyway. You're giving uh, Justin Jefferson game- a ton of credit for just like Darius Slay needing the ball and then Justin Jefferson grabbing his arm. I'm but, trying to but, perpetuate the narrative that he played some really good cornerback tonight. Yeah, Jace, sure. Because I he it. did. But okay, can we just talk about so this? So the almost interception, as you mentioned. Kirk Cousins has to see the blitz coming, check, get into something hot, make a read off of that. Somebody runs a hot rod, you hit that guy. Touchdown. But doesn't happen. Okay, it doesn't happen. Almost throws a pick, whatever. Philly <clears> does <throat> the exact same thing the next play. Still no check. Still nothing. Still just decides to throw the exact same route um, to the exact same spot that was almost picked off a play before and basically like, hey, Darius Slay, try again. Um, <laughs> it's just like the. it was always like in past years – you know, we'd see all these clips from like former QBs and whatnot saying like, hey, you see why this Vikings run play didn't work? It's because it had no chance for what the play call was versus what the defensive call was with the blitz that was coming. Kirk Cousins has to check out of that. And it was always like, I don't know if Kirk Cousins checks out of anything. And then 
the thought always was, well, the Vikings coaching staff really must handcuff this guy. Um, and all the talk now is about Kevin O'Connell's going to give him some freedom. I think he has it. I don't think he yes. uses it. I don't think he wants it. Um, these You have the most obvious checks two plays in a row, and he doesn't use them. Instead, he just decides to panic um, like he's being attacked by a bear and run backwards. An eagle and sh- and being attacked by an eagle. Oh, my. Like a fish sitting in a lake waiting for an eagle to come grab. <laughs> that was it. And it was just it was like pre-play panic, which turned into post-snap panic. Um, and just throwing the ball up and doing it twice in a row. It's like, are you playing quarterback? Um, or are you literally just trying to get the ball out of your hands? Because he didn't play the position tonight. And there are so many times where he doesn't play the position, whether that's just making correct reads, whether that's making checks at the line of scrimmage, calling audible, whatever the case may be, whether that's leading your team with some air of confidence or calm. Uh, he didn't do any of it. I mean, it was just you couldn't play quarterback worse than he played quarterback tonight. Going back to your your point about the checks on on that second and third down, egregious interception and a, almost egregious interception. Like a lot of times when we see these former quarterbacks, whether it's Kurt Warner, Sage Rosenfels does a pretty good job of this. Sometimes, like it's pretty complex, and it's like okay, like me and you in in football layman probably can't see that this is a blitz. This is a well disguised. Yeah, the, the blitz on second and third down was just like very obvious. Like yep. they didn't even Jailbreak. hide it. Yeah, it was just like we're coming and we're we're coming right at you, and if, they did you that better get rid of this ball. They did that so much in the second half; it wasn't even just there. I mean, they were just doing it like that was exactly what they were doing. Probably because they know, probably because to your point, they know he's really not going to do anything pre-snap. He very rarely does. I, I mean, there were some, there were a couple tonight, but it was more just like checking to change into a play. It wasn't like reading something and getting hot, you know? Like, I, I think that's, that should be a requisite thing to play the position. And you just never see it. Like, how many times do you just see, you know, in the past, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, it doesn't even have to be the two, those two top tier quarterbacks from that era. Like, I mean, anyone just, just like, okay, I see the blitz. We're throwing right into it. Uh, you didn't see that from the Vikings tonight. You have a really good player in Justin Jefferson. You would think with as much as the Eagles blitz Kirk Cousins, he would have been able to find somebody hot and just picked up easy yards. Everything was hard for tonight for the Vikings because of how Kirk Cousins played quarterback. Yeah. It's, I just, I get no sense of like when things aren't going right, that not only is Kirk Cousins not going to pick himself off the mat, but that his teammates kind of know, like they're not going to pick themselves up off the mat. Right. Like there's no, like, I believe in this guy. I think we're going to figure it out. We're going to find a way. It's like, there's just, it's the feel you've always had with this team of like, things aren't going right. Ah, just not our day. You know, and I think that yep. that literally starts from the very top at the quarterback position down. Um, and Kevin O'Connell certainly didn't rectify it. Um, Kevin O'Connell, you talked about this a little bit. I thought he had one nice drive uh, in the game, the touchdown drive. Uh, they, you know, they ran like an end around to Jalen Rieger, his one nice play and his comeback uh, tonight to Philadelphia. And uh, there were other plays like I thought, okay, the touchdown play was was a nice usage around the, the two-yard line of of the play action and getting Irv Smith out in the flat. Like it was just good play calls in general. And I was like, okay, now the offense is starting to cook. Otherwise, I didn't think it was great um, really all night. Um, they didn't. They would, I wouldn't say they schemed anybody open at any point. Like we saw mm-hmm. so many times against Green Bay, which is starting to look a lot like maybe those were just coverage busts on Green Bay in week one. Uh, but what did you think of that decision he made at the end of the first half where mm-hmm. Minnesota yeah. is down 21-7, has been absolutely destroyed by Philadelphia to this point. Philadelphia has like 300 yards of offense. Philly's facing like a third and five with roughly 30 seconds left in the half and is clearly content just taking the ball into half. And just saying, okay, 21-7, we dominated. We'll go into half. We'll come out in the second half. Vikings will receive in the second half. So Minnesota set up to be down two scores um, and get the ball back. The defense has just been crushed. But Kevin O'Connell decides, okay, 30 seconds here. We can uh, get a stop on third and five, get the punt. So after all this happens, you're looking at like 18 seconds, maybe, uh, with 80 yards to go. Um it was, and that's and it that's was if, and that's bad. in the best that's in the best case scenario, right? So that doesn't happen. Um, it's twenty eight seconds. So okay, so by the time that play is done, literally you're going to get the ball back with fifteen seconds at about your maybe your thirty. 
So you're going to have to hit like one deep ball to set up a field goal. That's best case scenario. Instead, what happens, Minnesota obviously doesn't get the stop on third and five. Of course they didn't. They didn't stop Philly at all in the first half. They actually uh, give up 16 yards on that play. They, they, they give up a chunk yard like they like a chunk play like they had been doing for 28 minutes to that point. Like it, it was the same thing. Like over and over and over again. Why did we think it was going to be different in that point? Why did Kevin O'Connell think it was going to be different at that point? I don't understand it whatsoever. Uh, so Philadelphia picks up 16 and then they pick up 19 and then they pick up 24 and they just comfortably take a timeout with three seconds left. Like they let the clock wind down to take it. It was so easy for them to get into field goal range, pretty much chip shot field goal range for Jake Elliott makes the field goal. Now it's a three score game heading into half. And right then and there, it was like, this game is toast. Uh, but what did you think of Kevin O'Connell doing what I thought was a high risk, very low reward move? Because like just doing the math, I'm just doing the math here. They were, we're going to get the ball back with like 15 seconds tops. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems absurd to me that I don't see any upside and, and going, okay, now in 15 seconds, we can go 40 yards. If we stop this Eagles offense, we haven't stopped all half. It, it was bad. And it frankly just felt like a first-year coach making a pretty bad decision. Like, I get being aggressive. I, I appreciate aggressiveness. Yeah, we, we love on this here. podcast appreciate aggressiveness. That wasn't aggressive, Jace. That was just dumb. Uh, to your point, like, even if you have the 85 Bears defense in that scenario, and you can guarantee you're going to get a stop, because me and you were texting about this in the game, and I said, maybe if you had a good defense, that wouldn't have been a bad timeout call. No, it would have been a bad timeout call even if you had a good defense. Like Because at that point, you're literally getting the ball back. Okay, 28 seconds, they run the play. The next play, let's just say it takes six seconds because it did. Um, you get 22 seconds with... And, and the Eagles have fourth facing fourth down. Five seconds for a punt. Take at least. Yeah. You know, right. you call a fair catch. More than that. Yeah. It's in the air for five seconds. Right. Yeah. So you're there, you know, you're at the 21 yard line. Again, this is if everything happened like Kevin O'Connell thought it would when he took the timeout. You're punting from the Philadelphia 21. Even if it's a bad punt, you're getting the ball like the, the 30. Two, I don't know, like right around the 30 and you, and you have 15, maybe 12 seconds to pick up like two pretty big chunks of yardage with a quarterback that also hadn't been playing very well to that point. So it was bad. Um, it was pretty emblematic of how bad the first half was as a whole. Like nobody was good. Uh, Kirk cousins wasn't all particularly that good in the first half. He was terrible in the second half. He wasn't, terrible in the first half but he wasn't good um the defense which we'll get to in the next segment was was awful in the first half um and kevin o'connell wasn't that good in the first half either you mentioned the the touchdown drive that came after philly went up 14-0 it was a great response drive it was the first time the vikings had had shown any semblance of life and, and maybe that was one difference from the zimmer era like i'm not sure they get that response drive after a 14-0 you know, getting punched in the mouth. Maybe they go three and out in the next possession. The game's over. You at maybe. least, they tricked. They, yeah, maybe. They tricked you. Uh, Kevin O'Connell threw up a good drive, but then, you know, left pretty much everything else to be desired. Um, totally lost Alvin Cook tonight. He had 17 rushes on six carries. You mentioned scheming guys open. Um, didn't do a good job scheming any any of his receivers open. I'm talking about Kevin O'Connell here. Kirk Cousins at times has to play the position, but it's also on Kevin O'Connell and that, you know, that offensive mind to, to get players open. And, you know, the fact that Dalvin cook had 17 yards rushing is, is pretty bad too. When you look at what Deandre Swift was able to do last week, you know, in, in week one to this same Philadelphia Eagles defense, the Detroit lions, who, by the way, come to Minnesota next week, put up 35 against this Philadelphia Eagles defense. Looked pretty good the other day too. Like maybe that game isn't such a walkover. Um, we'll get to that later, you know, next week when we talk about Detroit. Uh, but just not a lot to write home about tonight in from any standpoint. Um, but Kevin O'Connell included, he wasn't very good. Yeah, I want to get into that a little bit more. Big picture thought as well as some thoughts on the defense. We'll do that right after this break. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back with Inside Purple and Gold, Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani on Odyssey's Vikings podcast. Like, subscribe, follow to Inside, Inside Purple and Gold wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure these episodes are coming to your phone whenever they are released. As we move forward in the season, I think brighter days will come for minnesota they certainly can't get much darker than this one following minnesota's 24 7 drubbing at the hands of philadelphia on monday night football dan i do wanted to get into like some big picture thoughts on this um and kevin o'connell as well in that uh, as you were just talked about him in the last segment but let's talk a little bit about the defense uh they were shredded for the first half of this game and then philly kind of stumbled over itself in about every way possible offensively in the second half to try to keep minnesota in it but what did you see from that first half and maybe what was most alarming? Um, saw what we were worried about all off season, all preseason, all training camp. Um, we, we, we talked a lot about how Daniel Hunter and Zedarius Smith could be a bandaid for a bad defense. They were in week one. They got home a lot. Uh, the pass rush as a whole was pretty good against, against the Packers backup left tackle and backup right tackle. But when the Vikings had to play not just a good offensive line, a great offensive line, they won't have to play that every week. But when they did have to play a great offensive line tonight in the Philadelphia Eagles, they didn't get home very often. And there were some sacks here and there. But Jalen Hurts did whatever he wanted to the Vikings in the first half. It was a clinic. Uh, from the first drive on, the 11 plays, 82 yards, took six minutes off the clock. And that set the tone for the whole game. The Vikings had no answer for, for Jalen Hurts. When the pass rush wasn't getting home, you saw, and, and I think if you were on Vikings Twitter tonight, you were probably like seeing a lot of like, what is Ed Donatel doing? Like, why are they still in the shell defense? Uh, you know, that's what happens when the pass rush doesn't get home and you don't trust your corners, right? Like, yeah, what do you want? This is, them to, this you want them to play exactly, press man? This is exactly like, what they did last week. This is exactly what they did. Yeah. Like, Okay, so you want them to play press man. You want Patrick Peterson to play press man against A.J. Brown. He's going to lose that matchup. I'm sorry. Like, Patrick Peterson, not what he once was. You know, 10 years ago, he doesn't lose that matchup. But A.J. Brown, this it's actually nothing against Patrick Peterson. Like, A.J. Brown wins on press man probably versus most corners in the league. Same on the opposite side. I know Devonta Smith had zero catches last week, but he's still a pretty good receiver. And you really want him in his quick first step? Going up against Cameron Dantzler, who grades out really well in PFF consistently, but like kind of still leaves something to be desired when I watch him play football. Like I'm a little confused by the grades in that standpoint because you saw it last year, even when he was a rookie, like, oh, Cameron Dantzler's having a great year. I don't know. Like he looks like he kind of gets torched a lot. Like the eye test would say different. So they good played shell tonight, but also some coverage mistakes too. Yeah. The defense played shell because they had to. Right. So, and to your point, they did the same thing last week. The pass rush got home. Aaron Rodgers was throwing to a bunch of nobodies, and it worked. Tonight, Jalen Hurts, the dimension of his legs probably puts a little more stress on the defense, and it crumbles. Looks terrible. Um, don't mistake the second half for the fact that the Vikings were good on defense. They were not at any point tonight. Um, the Eagles, like you said, stumbled over themselves in the second half. You can credit the Vikings a little bit if you want. If, if that's the silver lining that you want to take away from that second half, you'd be lying to yourself. Uh, the Eagles were bad. Um, the Vikings were bad. The The defense concerns me, Jason. If we're talking big picture here, I don't know how you could walk away from this. Not feeling, one, like we've talked about at length, concern for the offense and Kirk Cousins. But two, is this defense just kind of what it always has been? 
Uh, yeah, Detroit's been really good on their offensive line, and I think next week's going to have to be a shootout if Minnesota's going to win it. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see hardly anything from the defense tonight. Like, you just saw even the times when they almost got home, like Jalen Hurts is so mobile, it just negated the pass rush that even existed, which wasn't great. Like, the Eagles have a phenomenal offensive line. We talked about that last week. This is way better than what Green Bay had for an offensive line, and it really did negate the pass rush. And it just it doesn't take long for Minnesota's secondary to be exploited, um, whether that be like a deep ball where they lose Kez Watkins or like you said, like they just have to play so soft um, because otherwise they're going to get torched even in a quicker fashion than it was done tonight. They didn't stop the run either. Like they didn't do anything. It was just like last year, like last year's defense was horrendous. This year's defense could very well be horrendous um, with the exception of Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, maybe causing havoc in a couple games to make that different. Um, but this is we could see a lot more of this from this group this year. So that that unit we expect to be bad, frankly, like average at best, um, which is why the offense has to be so good, which is why when it's not, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. You cannot have games like this where the offense is making life even harder for the defense, where they're going three and out, where they're not taking advantage of opportunities like that is going to be a formula for embarrassment, which is what happened tonight. Like the offense can't be worse than the defense. Um, and that somehow ended up being the case in a night where the defense gave up anything Philly wanted to take. Uh, I'm interested with this. Like, so Kevin O'Connell is doing his press conference right now. I see he's putting all the blame on himself, which isn't surprising. It seems like kind of what he would do in these types of instances. But do you think this is the first night uh, now after a game, seeing it in front of his eyes? I know he's coached him before where Kevin O'Connell is going to go to bed and be like, hmm. I don't know if I love what I have here in Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I don't know how you couldn't. You could lie to yourself, and he will certainly lie to us and say, like, it's my job to get Kirk Cousins, you know, on the same page as me. But I think deep down, he's probably like, he's exactly what I heard he was. Like, maybe I can't fix him. Maybe I can't change him. You can't. He's like 34 years old. Of course you can't change him. Like, we knew this. But I think, yeah, I think Kevin O'Connell's probably taking a look in the mirror tonight and like, it's not all great. Like the, the culture, this and sl- getting slimed by Justin Jefferson last week and all the rah, rah, like they are, you still have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. And I think that feeling is going to persist when Kevin O'Connell goes to bed tonight. Uh, how could it not like watch him play, watch him play tonight. How could it not? This is just, I, I, I don't want to harp on it too much. And I know this is going to seem like just, wow, this is totally a Kirk Cousins bashing on a night where everybody played bad. And everybody, everybody did play bad, but I mean, he just set the tone for it in every single way, whether that was the first quarter having like the Kirk Cousins drives of, okay, run play, check down, and then incomplete check down that wouldn't have got the first down anyway. Um, so three and out, which puts more pressure on your defense that's already is in a tough position for the night, or whether that is the panics um, and making the terrible decisions and just not giving you any chance to succeed because it was too hard. Um, that's what it is. Um, and so that's, again, what that's the reality that Kevin O'Connell and the rest of the Vikings are going to have to fight all season, which is what they've had to fight for the last three or four seasons as a franchise. Mike Zimmer probably sat at home tonight. Not his head and went, yep, yep, this is what I've been dealing with. Um, this is what I've been working with. This is what happened to my teams. Um, and guess what? With the same personnel, the same thing happens. Yeah. And look, this has been an extremely negative podcast, deservingly so. It, it doesn't mean the Vikings are going to suck this year. It just means they're probably not going to be at this 12-win football team that I think some people thought they were you know, heading into to Monday night. Well, you hear the, you know, some rhetoric of like, I can't really find many losses on the schedule. Like I can find a few right now. Um, and I'll tell you that that, that Lions game is going to be tough next week. That team, that offense is for real. And the defense for the Vikings sure didn't look for real tonight. Uh, but I think the Vikings will be fine. Like, I don't think this necessarily changes anything in, in the grand scheme of like, I picked them to win. Jace picked them to lose. Like he lost in Philly on the road. Like if you can reset like and, and bounce back next week against Detroit, like you can still be a playoff team. Like it's just like, I think tonight was a a total missed opportunity, like to, to grip everyone. And had they, they come over and, and, and had we right now been talking about a Vikings win, it would have been because they looked impressive and it would have been like, wow, 
what what could this season become? And instead, it's just like, okay, it's probably going to you're being riding the roller coaster all season long, just like you have in the past, like last season, just like you did th- two seasons ago. It's no different. Um, and it's no different because at the end of the day, like it's the same team. It really is. And I understand that Zim- Mike Zimmer and that coaching regime lost a lot of close games this year. And there was a fear-based organization and Kevin O'Connell is going to come change this culture. But at the end of the day, it's the same football players on the field. And the team looked a heck of a lot like it did yes, like last year tonight. That was everybody's disbelief who covered the team who was around the team this offseason when they were kind of running it back. It was like, really? You're really going to do that? Like, haven't you seen that enough with this group? Um, and tonight, like we talked about, this is a perfect game. Like if you want it, I honestly would have been like, wow, this team maybe can win the NFC because that would have been so impressive to go in Philadelphia tonight and win that game against a really good roster. Um, but instead it was like, nope, that definitely looks like a team that's going to flutter around 500. Like you said, it's going to be the roller coaster of one week, good, two weeks, bad, two weeks, good, one week, bad. Um, and that's what it's going to be. And you're going to finish the season eight and nine or nine and eight. Um, because that's just it. Like there's no consistency. I'm not saying it can't be fixed. I know this is just week two or whatever, but it just, that, that just, it was the same story. Like it, yes, it's new coaching staff and whatnot, but like we've seen this movie so many times that it would just feel silly. It would feel like insanity to be like, they're just figuring it out. Just wait. Um, I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to go to the best Kirk cousins meme I saw on Twitter tonight. Cause there've been a lot of them. So you remember the Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, like he last year. F it, Tyreek's down there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. F it, Tyreek's yeah. down there somewhere. Um, yep. the ball Love deep down. Meme. Yep. So this one, somebody posts it. Footballism, at footballism. Uh, Kirk Cousins throwing the football and it goes, F it. Darius Slay down there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one the similar. It said, Justin Jefferson's played really good cornerback on Darius Slay tonight it's true Kirk Cousins I saw another one that was funny Kirk Cousins targeted Darius Slay more than he's targeted Adam, Adam Thielen tonight all of I, those things they're funny because they're true I was I saw something that said Darius Slay is getting a lot of targets his fantasy football owners must love that <laughs> probably was, not a great sign when that the, the butt of when you're the butt of of all the Twitter jokes um that speaks to how bad of a week it was I um uh, you know I I think we talked and it was interesting to see like how would this team handle success from last week? Would they be able to build on it? That was going to say something about Kevin O'Connell. I don't know if this was not handling success. I don't really get the sense that it was that I just got the sense of this is just how good they are. And this is where they stack up against a good team. Um, where do you land on that? Same. Like, I think I picked them to go 10 and seven. I forget what our predictions were. Yeah, but- You said 10, I said nine. Yep. They're this, yeah, this is, look, I, I picked them and I was on record and I, I was on record on the podcast. I was on record in the, in the newspaper saying, I thought the Vikings were going to win this game. I truly did think they were going to win this game. I think I got a little wrapped up in, in the week one hype against a bunch of Packers backups, but no, they're like, they are who they are. They're the same team. And it doesn't mean this, this loss doesn't mean they're going to be this four win, five win football team. They're going to be a pretty good team this year. Just not a great one. And that's, that's, that's what you could have expected the moment that Mark Wolf came out and said, we want to be very competitive this year. We don't want to rebuild. We want to be very competitive. It's what you could have expected when Kwesi Adolfo Mensa comes up with the phrase competitive rebuild. That Those don't exist. Like You're going to be what you were last year because the players are the same. The team is the same. And this is just proof of that. If, if we're talking in December, Jason – the Vikings are, are sitting at 11 wins going for number 12. I'll eat my words, but it's the same team. We learned nothing tonight. We just learned that they're not the class of the NFC, which we probably knew all along. Yeah, and that's the thing about the NFL is like you get these, you know, 17 games and everyone carries its own storyline. So this one's super negative. Last one was super positive. Um, they're going to go play Detroit on a short week. And, and I guess that will be to some degree a test for kevin o'connell of like okay can you get the guys back going right again but say they win that one um that's just going to seem like another you know up on a roller coaster again frankly um it's going to take a lot more to prove that this was just an at the aberration and this wasn't just kind of the norm uh, that we've experienced for so long here 
there's there's a lot of work to be done to change any culture here. And and you know, we talk about the culture, we talk about the good vibes, and we said that was going to be tested when they lost. Um, and now they've lost and they played terrible. I mean, there's probably some shaking confidence there. There certainly should be. Uh, how do they respond? Not just against Detroit, but moving forward. And how do they maybe show like we can be different than this? We can change our habits enough to where even with the same personnel, we can be more consistent. Like that's where Kevin O'Connell is really going to have to like show that his way of doing things and what he's building here is actually going to lead to change because we obviously don't see the change. Um, not yet. And maybe it'll show it itself, but right now it just kind of feels like those were just a lot of training camp words. Yeah. yeah. I will say like the quotes are coming out from Kevin O'Connell's press conference. Um, I think he's done. I think Kirk's actually talking right now as we record the sometimes I think like the leadership of like this one's a hundred percent on me is a little bit tired and like yeah. annoying. Yep. I, I don't mind it in this scenario. Like team wasn't ready to play, gave up 24 points in the first half. You as an offensive mind to put up seven points. Sure. Wear this. It's your first loss. Now go fix it. Um, his job starts. His job as an NFL coach has now truly begun because it's all great. You know, it was rainbows and butterflies in, in, in the off season, all the good culture. Then you go out and you put a spanking on, on your biggest rival at home and, and you're the talk of the town. Now things are getting hard. Good coaches can figure out ways to kind of fix this. Um, I'll be interested to see how they respond this week. Like you said, short week, like we've talked about, not a walkover opponent like the Detroit Lions have, have proven to be in the past. I think we're going to learn a lot about Kevin O'Connell in the next couple of days, the next few days. Excited to kind of follow along and figure that out because, um, you know, it, it's, it's a big week coming up. Uh, each week is its own entity, as Kirk likes to say. Um, but, man, you, you better respond. Um, so I'll be, I'll be interested to see kind of have, how Kevin O'Connell handles this and moves forward. All right, we'll talk more about that in Thursday's episode as we preview the Lions game that is now just – Six days away, probably five days away from when you're listening to this on Tuesday morning. Thanks so much for sticking with us um, after a game that you probably want to forget. Reliving it with us here on Inside Purple and Gold. Uh, follow, like, subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you're getting all of the Vikings content that you want. Um, or maybe even don't want on a night like tonight. Um, coming into your phone, your podcast platform. Listen to every episode. We really appreciate you sticking along for the ride with us. Whether this be an up and down roller coaster or maybe something that eventually leads to ascension. Uh, for Dane Mizutani, I'm Jace Frederick. This has been Inside Purple and Gold. Thanks so much for listening. We'll chat with you on Thursday. Goodbye. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 